Hi, it's Dune here, your host and hype girl. And before we dive into today's episode, I want you to take a hot second to reflect. What's that passion, unique experience, or knowledge you have itching to be shared with the world? For me, it's always been about guiding you and cheerleading incredible women to start your businesses. So what's your thing? You see, everyone's got something they excel at, something they just can't stop talking about. And it turns out that one of the best ways to monetize those passions is through sharing that thing with the world as a digital course product. My life's work has been to chat with more than 600, 7, 8, and 9-figure e-commerce founders. And it's through those conversations that have led me to creating a foolproof playbook and my go-to guide for early-stage founders in the form of my first-ever digital program, e-commerce fundamentals. But it wouldn't have been possible without Thinkific. The beauty of this platform lies in its simplicity. Cute templates and a super easy to use editor. No coding headaches, no tech-induced stress, just pure focus on what matters most, the content. So if you've ever been curious about building a course to teach your passion, this is the way to do it. The genuine support from the Thinkific team turns it from this lonely, confusing headache into the most fulfilling and easy project. Go to the link in my show notes to get a free trial on me. This is Fran Dunaway for Female Startup Club. and welcome back to another episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. I'm your host, Dun Roisin, and joining me on this episode is Fran Dunaway, founder of Tomboy X. When Tomboy X founders Fran Dunaway and Naomi Gonzalez started the company out of their garage, they did so because of one simple fact. They wanted underwear that fit who they are, not who others told them to be. It became very clear quite quickly that they weren't alone. Tomboy X is dedicated not only to making high-quality apparel that fits everyone who loves it, but also striving for an ethical supply chain, deep community engagement, and pushing the apparel industry out of the box and into the future. In this episode, we cover how Fran and Naomi, partners in love and business, saw a huge gap in the market and launched Tomboy X with a killer crowdfunding campaign, had the courage to change direction, which, spoiler alert, majorly paid off and how they've built a brand and community that's allowed them to work organically with superstars like Lizzo. And if you've missed the last few episodes, you'll have missed my call out for listener research help. I'm leaving my direct email in the show notes. And if you're a fan of the show, I would love for you to get in touch to answer a few quick questions. And if you're a super fan of the show, please do subscribe and rate and review the show on the podcast app so other ears can find us. It might seem insignificant, but it actually truly helps me and I appreciate it and you so much. Thanks for letting me into your ears today. This is Fran for Female Startup Club. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Friend, hi, hello. Welcome to the Female Startup Club podcast. Hello, hello. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Me too. I'm very excited to be here chatting with you this afternoon. Morning for you, I'm presuming. <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed. Do you want to start by introducing yourself and what your business actually is? Sure. Um, first, I want to thank you so much for the, doing this, because I know when we were starting out, we were looking for this kind of content and would devour anything we could find. So I think it's a great service. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. My name is Fran Dunaway, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Tomboy X, and we're a gender-neutral apparel company. Started in underwear and now I've expanded into loungewear, sleepwear, swimwear, and coming soon, activewear. So exciting. And I know you have such a great story. I'm really excited to dig into it. Let's go back to life before you started Tomboy X. You know, pre-2013, what was pulling you towards entrepreneurship and starting this brand? Absolutely nothing. I was perfectly happy. <laughs> I was perfectly happy uh, in, a, in a successful career that, you know, had things like paycheck, vacation, and uh, a time off, uh, you know, uh, all of those things, other perks that, that come with a good job. And, and Naomi was the same. We were both happy in our careers. Uh, the, the opportunity came up really out of frustration. I love to wear a collared shirt or a button-up shirt, and I was having trouble finding something I loved. And so it really was um, frustrating to go into the stores, and you could go to the men's department and find excellent quality fabrics with fun details under the collar and, you know, clothing with a personality that appealed to me. And so, you know, it was one of those uh, moments where Naomi, my then-girlfriend, now-wife, said, well, how hard can it be to start a clothing line? And so <laughs> pretty hard, I dare say. <laughs> Had we known exactly. So you scratched your own itch. You were interested in creating something for yourself and then it turned out to be a bit bigger than that. What got you started? Was that the the light bulb moment when she said that or did you have to ponder about it for a while before it became something? Well, yeah, we decided that we'd just do this little side business in our one-car garage and keep doing our careers and, and yeah, scratch that itch of, of getting a nice, beautiful shirt like a Robert Graham or Ben Sherman made for women. So we uh, we found a friend that had designed clothing before because at the time, Naomi and I didn't know a knit from a woven nor a uh, P&L from a balance sheet. So we had no idea what we were doing and just kind of took the leap of faith. And we were able to spend our own money, bootstrap a, a sample, kind of a prototype of a shirt and 
actually a couple of different shirts and a blazer. And, and that was going to be this thing that we brought into the world. And we were going to do a Kickstarter campaign. And then when we were kicking around different names, we landed on Tomboy because we thought it was cute. We were able to get a trademark. And that was something that we thought would be a great thing. So we launched the Kickstarter campaign once we had the prototypes and reached out to all of our friends and network and everything to, to kind of promote that. And it was really fascinating was that the name Tomboy was resonating in such a powerful way among women and girls around the world that we started hearing from them and saying, yay, finally a brand for me. Someone sees me for the first time. And, you know, my wife and I had been um, always in uh, very purpose-driven careers. So um, we were a little bit anti-capitalist, if you will. And so it wasn't really that kind of an endeavor for us. but we. Because of that purpose-driven side of ourselves, what we realized was that we kind of felt a sense of responsibility to this community that wanted to be seen and heard by the fashion industry. And so in keeping with my activism, that seemed like, oh, gosh, something that we felt compelled to respond to. And then also um, we had an instant brand. And so we had this instant brand recognition just because of a name that was very powerful. So we recognize that. But then we also wanted to balance this thing of, okay, capitalism, our values and whatnot. And so it became very important to us. If we were going to do this, we sat down and had a very thoughtful conversation and said, if we're going to do this, we're going to imbue our personal values into this company every step of the way. And so what does that mean so that we didn't feel like we were abandoning what was important to us? And what were those things you identified as, you know, your key values that were really critical to building the business? I'd say first off is inclusivity. A big part of the LGBTQ community, we certainly understood what it's like to not be seen, not to be recognized or not to be valued. And so we wanted to make sure that uh, we came out from a place that was about positivity and kindness. And so that's everything from inclusivity in the model choices that we make and the uh, body types that we show, and also making sure that we we offer all of our styles in an extended sizing at the same price. So we didn't want that subtle shaming of coming in and going, oh, I need to go to this section to shop for clothes because of the way I'm shaped, or oh, I have to pay more because I'm I have a bigger body than a you know small. And so that was important to us, but it was also important to us to only work with factory owners and factories that take care of their workers. We wanted to make sure that we took care of our own workers. And so we wanted to, you know, we offered um, paid health care benefits from day one when we first hired employees. And so, uh, you know, it was those kind of things. Also, the environment is very important to us. So working with sustainable fabrics and, um, you know, water reduction processes. So all of those things come into all of our decisions. It wasn't about just going out and making a buck or, or you know, selling underwear. It, it was more important than that. And then what it kind of changed to, which was really fascinating, when you take those things that are important to you and your values, is that it became imbued in, in everything that we did. But then it also became, um, kind of turned the fashion industry, the notion of, telling you how to be cool, that aspirational, wear, wear Tomboy X and you'll be cool. It wasn't that. It was, we think you're so cool the way you are, and we think you're so wonderful. We want to celebrate that. And so that was kind of what where it landed, not intentionally, but just because of the journey we were taking and the way we were thinking about it. Oh, so beautiful. I really love that. And I, it's so cool to say that, you know, it's not about wearing this to be cool. It's just about being you are cool as you are. And I I read something that you said in an article and it was along the lines of we're not for everybody, but we're for anybody. And I thought that was really nice to read as well. Um, And just to circle back about the name, I mean, it's also just quite clever to be able to have chosen a name that people can instantly see it and be like, I know what this is about. This is a brand for me. It's genius. Marketing genius. (laughs) It's powerful, isn't it? And It is powerful. Yeah. You know, we did a Google trend of the word at the time, and it was kind of under the radar, which I think is why we were able to get the uh, trademark, you know. I mean, we actually had the word tomboy trademarked. We've since trademarked tomboy X. 
But that was just a really amazing thing. And I think that it was just such a kind of an old word that people weren't using. But you're right, it's incredibly powerful. Uh, you know, it takes a long time to build up that brand equity if you have a swoosh or if you have a, you know, something called a Coke or, you know, it's just not easy to, you, it takes a lot of time to help people understand what that means. And so, yeah, that instant recognition. And I think because of our background we had, you know, in politics, I think we saw the fervor and felt the the passion behind it in a way that we were like, wow, this is, this is big. This is bigger than us. This is bigger than a shirt. What is that going to be? What, what is that? And, you know, started reaching out, listening to podcasts and reading books and LinkedIn stalking people and, uh, you know, trying to find anyone that would sit down and talk with us about what their journey was. And I remember early on finding um, a connection to Bobby Infield, who was one of the founders of uh, Tommy Bahama, another Seattle-based clothing company, and got on the phone with him. And he said, you know, two things. First of all, you think you're tapping into a, a vein and you're going to hit an artery, which is what we did as well. And then the second thing he said, which was equally important, was you need to find a hero product that you can build your brand around. In their case, it was a, a quarter zip hoodie. And, uh, and that was what they built their entire, you know, they funded the development of everything else. So that got us to thinking and, oh, gosh, what is it one product that we could have? Because at the time we we launched the Kickstarter, we raised seventy six thousand dollars in 30 days. We put the shirts into production here in Seattle. And then we started uh, kind of curating a look that was in our minds, a tomboy look. So we we added jewelry, you know, we drop ship and. And uh, we added uh, jeans and shoes and scarves and hats and all sorts of things that were kind of this look and feel. Um, but none of them felt powerful enough to be like that iconic, what are we building the brand around? And we we got blanks. So we, we also would get a lot of blanks and just put our logo on it. See how, you know, knew that that was a powerful thing. And we had found these whitey tidy kind of underwear made for women that were blanks and they were in different colors. And so we put our logo on those. And when we were thinking about what's our hero product, uh, it was just me and Naomi. You know, we worked for the first three years without a paycheck. And so she was doing customer service and she said, I am getting a lot of requests for boxer briefs for women. And we said, really? So we looked at what we started, we did an analysis of our orders and we realized that almost every order had a pair of this underwear that we didn't make that wasn't very comfortable that only went in small through extra large and the extra large was more of a large and so um we started increasing the price just to see because you could go onto amazon and buy the same underwear for five bucks without our logo and so people would continue to pay so it was like okay so there's something here in this marriage between underwear and the tomboy x logo uh, what is it? What is that thing? So that's when Naomi said, you know, we're getting a lot of requests for, for boxer briefs. And I was like, nobody does that. So went on to uh, Nordstrom.com, typed in boxer briefs for women and up came a pair of Spanx. And so we were pretty sure that wasn't what our customer was looking for when they were talking about boxer briefs for women. And so uh, we set out to make the best damn pair of boxer briefs uh, made for a cis female body that had ever been made. And we, we happened to this, uh, you know, I had a lot of rainbow unicorn moments along the journey. And one of them was when this amazing woman walked into our lives with 30 years of production experience and sourcing experience. And she said, I want to help. I love what you're doing and I want to help. And so we said, great, go make excellent boxer briefs. And off she went and uh, we pre-sold them two weeks prior to their arrival, hoping we'd sell enough to pay for them because we didn't have the money. And they sold out before they arrived. Six months later, we tripled our revenue. And we said, we have not only found a hero product, but a hero category, which was really perfect fit for Tomboy X because it's about how you feel on the inside. So underwear was like the first and the next of skin experience that seemed to be perfectly with what we were trying to do with the Tomboy X brand. Oh, love that. So cool. I just love it. Imagine all those customers who are probably still with you today who were requesting that in the beginning and, you know, they changed the course of your brand. That's so exciting. I want to talk more about this time. What kind of year are we talking here? 
Uh, let's see. We started the Kickstarter campaign in 2013 and in March of 2013. And then in uh, September of 2014, we introduced the first boxer briefs. And then in July of 2016, we did a rebrand. So we got rid of the old logo. We we worked with a branding agency and uh, came up with a very different look and feel and got rid of anything that we weren't making, including the shirts. And we went all in, focus on that hero category, next of skin, and we got rid of everything else. And so uh, the middle of July 2016 was when that happened. So uh, gone were the shirts, the jeans, the shoes, all of that, and just focused on underwear. And then we continued to add different categories and swimwear, um, those types of things. But that focus was really what was important to our success, because then we could hone in and continue to build upon that. We were never going to get to the same place had we kept all of the other distractions, if you will. We knew what our golden egg was. We needed to hone in on that and let that build our brand because you can get more volumes, you can get more customers and bring them in through one point. And then there's some consistency across the board. Got it. And I imagine that's also the time then 2016-ish when it started to, it was a really a tipping point because you had your clear focus, you got rid of the the clutter and you're able to go like this. I want to talk more about the marketing side of things because I imagine you had, you know, a great posse of people from that early crowdfunding campaign where you were able to generate awareness, get those first kind of early eyeballs on what you were doing. But when you were sort of getting to that point in 2016, how had your marketing evolved and what were you doing to find new people and new customers? Yes, great question. It's it's a continual challenge and, and we're continually iterating. Uh, and it's so interesting to see how far we've come. Uh, you know, I look at our marketing team today and we're so sophisticated in the analytics and we're down to the, you know, the granularity that we can get to. At the time, it was much more of a shotgun approach and just trying to kind of figure out what we were doing. Um, in the early days, in the very early days, when it was just me and Naomi, I would literally turn on a Facebook ad and wait until we hit our goal and then turn it off. And that was this level of sophistication. And then as we added people, you know, to our team that changed, but you've, you've hit on a really important piece, which is we were fortunate in that we were chosen by a very well-known advertising branding agency that's quite large. And they had a window of opportunity for two years where they were trying out this new um, business model where they wanted to share on the upside of brands they were helping to build rather than just charging an agency fee. They chose a brand or a cash equity split model for a couple of years. So there was this small team within the agency that was allowed to choose a couple of companies a year that they wanted to work for for these two years. And so they chose us and we had been looking for someone to help us with that right voice. Naomi and I aren't marketing people. And so we knew we had something, but we were lacking someone to give it the voice. And so we were introduced to this woman that worked for this agency that happened to be in this division. And, you know, we met for coffee and a 20 minute coffee turned into a two hour conversation. And seriously, five minutes in, I knew we had found the woman that was going to give our brand a voice. And Courtney Loveman is her name. And she's an amazing, amazing marketer. You know, she has a long history of great brands. So uh, fortunately, they accepted us and uh, we were able to negotiate a deal. And then they worked for almost a year on helping us really refine the look and feel. Otherwise, we could have never afforded to do that. Uh, you know, when you're when you're working with an inventory-based company, all your money has to go into inventory if you're going to keep growing. And so um, cash was a continual problem. And so we had to keep a real close tab on what we were spending and on and how. And so that was a rainbow unicorn moment where uh, they came in and helped to give us this beautiful look and feel. And you could still see their impact, obviously, on our website. It's it's changed considerably, and it's recently gone through another major change. Um, and so it's just uh, something that we're continually iterating on. But that brand work was so important, and then it helped us 
hone in on different target audiences. And and at the time, what we did was we broke our categories in, into our customer base into kind of three different categories. One was our, um, what we called the kind of status first, people that were looking for a new brand, the artists that were looking for the latest and coolest uh, and that want to get behind a brand that has share their values. And so that was one category. And then the second category we called our function first and, and uh, which also inspired our first line of box briefs. And those are, those are people who are in service industries or, or wear uniform to work every day, like firefighters, police officers, um, athletes, and people who wear scrubs, you know, that have loose fitting clothes that traditional underwear just doesn't work. And it's just, it's uncomfortable. And so that was our function first that needed for their line of work. Um, firefighters stripping down to get into your uniform, right? You want to you want to be in something that gives you a little bit more modesty so that you can jump in your uniform and go. And then there was our comfort first, which was our LGBTQ population as well as our plus size population that just wants something comfortable. That's the most important. And that was probably and still is our largest category of customer. I'd say um, it was easy targeting the LGBTQ community because that's a target in Facebook um, and then, you know, likenesses and whatnot. So that was kind of how we built the foundation. And we recognized early on that it was much larger than a, just a niche LGBTQ brand. And it was really amazing because it, you know, coincided the timing with the Me Too movement. And now people are of course, they're making plus size closing because they see market share opportunity where we did it because we thought it was the right thing to do out of the gate. And so, yeah, so it's it's continually evolving. Um, and we know that we've got uh, a lot of our customers are supportive of the LGBTQ community, not necessarily identify as. And so, you know, progressive people that have progressive values and that want to get involved with the with a brand that's making a difference and that makes very comfortable underwear, then uh, Tomboy X is the place for you. <laughs> I love that. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns. I'm particularly interested, just to go back for a second, in the, you know, you were saying about this deal that you struck with this branding agency. Can you just dig a little deeper on what it means to do a cash equity split and for them to take the benefit on the upside for anyone listening who is like, oh, that's a light bulb moment. Maybe I could do something like that. Sure. Uh, Yeah, I wish that more companies did something like that, especially for early stage. So obviously cash flow, cash is king, especially in the early days when you're not profitable and you're just uh, shooting for growth. And so um, we were able to negotiate for a percentage of the company, a small percentage of the company, and in exchange for services. And then we also did, we, I actually structured it in a way that we didn't have to give up cash. Because my argument was, well, if you own shares in the company, if you own a percentage of the company, then why would you want us to spend our cash paying you when we could spend that on something that's actually going to grow the business. So it took a while, but we finally got to an agreement to where they then did a rev share. So um, I said, okay, so for X amount, you're going to, we're going to pay you cash this amount and then the rest you're going to get in the equity. And so, but I'm not going to pay you that until after we've launched with the new brand look and feel. So you have to do all the work up until then. And then we'll give you a percentage of the revenue every month until we pay back this initial amount. So we set an amount. We're going to rev share once we've launched and the rest you're going to get when we when we have a liquidity event. And so they finally agreed to it. And it was pretty entertaining because they they kept repackaging. You know, they would come to me and say, well, how about this way? And I kept I would say, we have no money. (laughs) <laughs> we have no You're not money. listening <laughs> yeah, exactly and so they go and they repackage it you know they're branders and they come back and they present it another way and i'd say we still have no money <laughs> and so finally they it sunk in that we had no money and the only way they were going to get this deal and get it done was to do this rev share deal and so that's what they did and we paid them back that and then we had a liquidity event and they walked away pretty happy nice Win-win for everyone, it sounds like. Yes, exactly. I think that's a great um, insight for, you know, people who are out there and looking for different ways to approach deals like this. Um, Sounds really cool. Sounds really interesting. I want to go back to more of the marketing side of things to find out how you've been able to scale and really grow your customer base and acquire new people. What's working for you now? You know, that is our number one goal is new customer acquisition. And that is the, the full team effort right now. Uh, you know, we have a great opportunity in terms of awareness. There are a lot of people that have never heard of us. And so how do we find them? And the big way that we're going about that right now is in our storytelling around the brand and um, how we're reaching out to people. So we might have three different story paths. And uh, depending on what your interests are or, you know, what what your lookalike marketing person is. And so we bring you in through these different stories because we want you to know who we are. We want you to know about our sustainability, if that's important to you. Or if you're just a, you know, plus size looking for nobody making 6X, especially not a cute print with really soft fabrics, then we're the one for you. So it's that engagement and that's that personal connection with our customers. And so a lot of different ways. We're also branching out into new channels this year that we've never done. We've got an ad on Hulu right now. Um, we've got some uh, podcast advertising going out. We advertise on uh, KEXP radio, which is a global radio station. And we're sending out mailers for the first time this year and uh, just really trying to reach people in new ways and not rely explicitly on digital. Mm. I imagine there's lots of fun opportunities when it comes to things like Pride Month and Pride Parades and floats and all that kind of thing as well that would be really fun and out there. Absolutely. We own Pride. Pride is our Christmas (laughs) and uh, it's very important to us. And we also love Halloween. So those are our two biggies. And we, we have rainbow collections that are continually in, but we also really want to celebrate, uh, you know, uh, the LGBTQ community. We also get very involved in, and we've been giving back since the beginning 
of of the company. And so it's it's very important to us to support causes that that matter to us. And for example, um, you you probably heard of the killing of a. Uh, Black men in the United States and uh, the systemic racism that has kind of reached its peak, hopefully. So we were able to uh, donate $50,000 to the Black Lives Matter movement a few months ago. And so that's another important part of of who we are and our give back to the community. And uh, we have a lot of causes. Arlene, my assistant that you spoke with. Shout out to Arlene. (laughs) Shout out to Arlene. She's the heart and soul of the, of the office. And, uh, you know, she does food drives or clothing drives every month and takes them to local homeless shelters. So it's really an ethos that's important to not only me and Naomi, but to everyone that works for us. And, and we're really blessed in that way. Mm, gosh, it just sounds like such a nice community of, you know, people that you've built working around you, but also for the people who buy your products and are involved, whether it's just on social media or, or the, you know, the wider community. Sounds really cool. I love it. And yesterday you had a very special woman posting about you. Can you share a little bit about what you told me earlier? Yes. Boy, my phone was blowing up. I heard from so (laughs) many people and every different uh, way that you can reach out. Yeah, Lizzo was uh, touting our underwear once again. Now, she's she's done it repeatedly. In fact, the first time she did it was probably uh, over a year ago. And uh, I woke up and, you know, the first thing I do is kind of check sales. And I was like, oh, we're... We're up this morning. What's going on? Why are we selling so many avocado underwear? And sure enough, Lizzo's out there dancing and, uh, uh, you know, did a little. I don't think it was TikTok. I think it was a story on Instagram at the time. And she's she's dancing in avocado print. And so we send her product and she doesn't have to post it. We don't have any agreement. We don't pay her anything, but she really loves the brand and it resonates with her in a powerful way. So, yeah, yesterday she even went so far as to wear the bra inside out so that the viewers could see that it's our logo and read it, that it wasn't flipped. And so that's yeah, true. That's so true. Love. Oh my gosh. And my 10 year old niece thinks I'm the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But you are the coolest. That's amazing. <laughs> and I guess the thing that it comes back to is that you have a strong brand, you have very strong values, and she really connects with those values. And she obviously heard about your brand at some point. But are you able to talk about kind of how it got to the point where you were able to send her stuff? Like, how did, do you know how she found the brand in the first place? I do, actually. I do. Uh, she was here at, at a Pride Festival. Uh, I think it was a Pride weekend, and she was uh, doing a main stage up on Capitol Hill outside. and. A friend of mine that used to work for me worked for the agency where she was using as a green room. And so she reached out to me and said, hey, you want to get anything to Lizzo? And I said, you bet I do. And unfortunately, I was in London at the time of the concert, so I didn't get to go. But some of our employees went. And yeah, they just left her a care package. And then um, we reached out to her agent and we have a relationship with her. And so that was how it started. But we see things. Willow Smith most recently posted a great video. She's playing uh, a song and she's wearing Tomboy X. And we have no idea. She must have found us. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to reach out to her to get her some more products. Cool. So people find us and then uh, we feel really good. And, and look, Lizzo is perfect for us because she, she stands for everything that we stand for. And, you know, that body positivity and and body image and and just kindness. I just think that she's so smart and she's so savvy and she's really making a difference in people's lives and and that's what we aspire to as well. Oh, love that. That's heartwarming. Love it. I'm interested to talk to you about your technology. What's powering your business and making it easy for you to do your job? Gosh, it's almost like you attended our 3-year strategic session. New customers <laughs> Technology. <laughs> I'm on the inside. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's amazing. Um, so technology is a big focus for us this year because we're, in some ways, we are um, very uh, manual still, spreadsheets and, and whatnot. But early on, you know, we wouldn't be where we are. We couldn't have done what we did if it hadn't been for something like uh, Shopify. A phenomenal platform that has all these plug and play things that you can do. Um, 
to build a store online. And that was just unheard of a few years prior. Without that, you know, setting up a commerce platform, way too expensive, way too daunting. I, I think we actually priced it out when we were looking at it. And it was, you know, $50,000 or something at the time. And for Shop, uh, on Shopify, we could pay, what, 50 bucks a month. And so that's the most important and powerful um, technology for us. And then we just have, have added different platforms or different applications depending on, you know, how we want to return or, and we've constantly upgraded, you know, the software that we used at the beginning um, that worked great for us, like MailChimp was a great beginning company um, email platform. Then we moved to Clavio because it had more capabilities and it was more robust and the same with our um, CSR. So our customer service um, we continue to upgrade and iterate on that. And uh, you know, now we're reevaluating, maybe it's time to move off of Shopify onto something else that we have more control over. So it's, it's a continual iteration, but this year is the big focus and, and look, you know, we're eight years in now, so it takes some time to get here. It isn't as though, we should have done it this way in the beginning is that we didn't have the resources either in, in, in people power or financial to make the change. And so now we want to get a software platform that connects all our back end and that our analysts, we have a marketing analyst as well as a financial analyst. And so they will are constantly looking at trends and ways that we can improve. And, uh, you know, I mean, our goal this year, it will be our first profitable year. And so we're looking at ways to increase our efficiencies and technology is one of those ways. Mm. And all these platforms and companies that are making our lives easier, they really lower the barrier for entry. They make it possible for, you know, anyone to start a business and anyone to give it a try. Whereas, like you said, back in the day, if you had to build a $50,000 website and buy inventory and potentially hire staff, it was really a high barrier to entry for just the average Joe. Absolutely. And and it's a great way to test out your ideas. You know, I think one of the critical things of being an entrepreneur is being able to test and learn and not just get uh, set in your ways about what you think is the exact way it's going to be. And, you know, you mentioned earlier, you recognized earlier that we listen to our customers and that we continue to listen to our customers. That is a, a critical part of our success when we don't just decide, oh, gosh, I wonder if they want swimwear. No, they're clamoring and banging on our door, make swimwear. And, and so, um, you know, I think that listening and then being able to change your path, but that these platforms are great ways for you to test your idea. Um, the same with like the crowdsourcing where we were like, well, if we can't raise this money, then it's an idea that isn't going to work. And so we raised the money and then that that kind of kept us going. So it is a great thing. It's it's a wonderful thing. I've, I've always been an early adapter of technology and I continue to love what the power that it gives us. Oh, absolutely. Gosh, TikTok as a new platform is just so crazy. So powerful. <laughs> oh, my goodness. From what I've read, you raised recently around $17 million in capital. I'm wondering what that allows you to do now and what that brings for the future of your business. Yeah, we actually raised about $10 million from a London firm. And then they also bought out about close to $7 million in secondary. So um, they own a lot of the company, but the investment itself in the business was only the $10 million. And so, you know, it, it's it's game changing. Um, we built the company to, gosh, um, over seven million in revenue uh, without anyone that had any e-commerce experience at all. Wow. <laughs> you really hit that artery. <laughs> we did. We did. And so we were just kind of, you know, flying by the seat of our pants. And and also we didn't have the resources to bring in experts. We couldn't pay them. And so it was really um, put together and, and built the company to that, that large of a company, which is a pretty successful company by any standard, with a group of passionate people, individuals that were passionate about what we were building and why we were building it. And so there was a lot of just, well, let's try this, let's try that, spaghetti at the wall kind of thing. And so bringing in investments, um, we brought in a Series A at the end of 18. And or the middle of 18. And so that really allowed us to add some people to the team. 
But then when we brought in this recent 10 million or year and a half ago, $10 million investment, that really helped us to level up. I mean, we were able to bring in several more people that really have some strong e-commerce background. And so they came in and really restructured, you know, at every stage of the game, you have to evaluate if the team is the right team for where you are. And so as hard as that is, you have to make some hard hard choices because the scrappy little hard scrabble team that's going to throw the spaghetti at the wall can get you to here, but are they going to be able to get you to here? And that's not often the case. And so we currently have a new team. Uh, we brought in a head of mar- new head of marketing a year ago, actually. Last week was her one year. And she changed everything. She reorged the entire team and she's brought in all of these experts and they are, this is going to be a breakthrough year for us because of, of the team that's in place and the expertise. And, you know, I sit in these meetings and I'm just in awe at how smart they are, how they clearly understand every lever out there and what's going on with the business with the core business and in a way that puts us in charge and we aren't just trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work or if something isn't working, why it isn't working. We now have all of those answers and a team that is really rallying behind growth scale and taking us to the next level, uh, you know, as, as we continue to grow. So we grew 48% year over year last year. That's our goal for this year, at least 50% again. And so, you know, it's a growing concern, but it's very, very different. And, you know, to your listeners, especially people that are just starting out, one of the very important things that I learned is that it's important not to look at where you're going in the long term, but at what you need to focus on today. So if you're looking at the success of Tomboy X and saying, oh, well, you need to get all this you know, these people or all this technology. No, no, no. You need to look at what you need today to get you to tomorrow, to next week, and then take it in the bite-sized chunks that you need that you can keep going. Because if you're just looking at, oh my gosh, the overwhelming picture of how you're going to get to there, then you're going to get lost and you're going to be overwhelmed and you're going to get tired and uh, burn out. So just take it a bite at a time. Absolutely. And I think that, I don't know, everyone says it, but if you just focus on the things that you can do today that move the business forward, just get that one thing done. Even if it's one thing, just do that one thing. And then tomorrow do that thing again. And slowly that compounded effect will, you know, one day you'll wake up 10 years from now and you'll have a Tomboy X on your hands. (laughs) Exactly. As our friend Lizzo would say, 100%. (laughs) Totally. What advice do you have for women who have a big idea and want to start their own business, aside from what we were just speaking about? Well, I think that it's super important to find mentors that have experience in what you're doing. And, you know, people are are always, um, we have found that people are willing to give of their time and their advice and their expertise, uh, you know, take them out for a glass of wine or a cup of coffee and just pick their brains. And, you know, it's important not to go in with that. Can I just pick your brain? It would be go more in with, here are my three questions I've got for you today, you know, and get them to get involved in that. And the other thing is that even if you are raising money, you know, it's important that you remember that people don't want to just write a check. They want to bring their expertise. They want you to ask their advice. They want you to, to bring them into it. And that's why, If you look at someone whose portfolio of investing is always in tech and you're building a flower business, you should probably not go talk to them because they don't want to talk to you. They're not just going to go, oh, my God, I love this flower idea. They're going to be like, I don't know anything about flowers. I know about tech. So focus in on where you need to be. Find a mentor. And in our case, what we did, and it wasn't intentional. And so it's only in hindsight that I can say this. But uh, it worked very well for us to have two different mentors that, that were very involved in, with us and uh, also investors, but uh, early on they were just mentors. And one is eternal optimist. Everything's going to be okay. You've got this. It's all good. And the other is an eternal pessimist. 
oh my gosh, this is, what are you thinking? And how can you possibly be there? And then you've got to know when to call which one. (laughs) And so we don't want to call the the, uh, pessimist when you're down. You know, you you want to you want to call them optimists, and and then when you're flying high and you think, oh, there's no problems in the world, then you call the pessimists to help you remember what you need to be focused on. So that was a, a big lesson for us in terms of finding people that will help in your specific industry that can help spoon feed you the things you need to get you to what do I need to do today to get me to tomorrow. Mm, amazing, I I love that advice. We are up to the six quick questions part of the episode. Super fun. Question number one is, what's your why? Why do you do what you do? Uh, I guess uh, I like to make people feel good. I, I, like to, I like to make people laugh. I like to, you know, impart kindness and, um, and be uplifting in some way. So uh, it just uh, maybe it's a hedonistic instinct. I, I like to feel good. And, um, yeah, I think laughter and kindness is, is the key to happiness. Totally. And love, love, love. <laughs> Definitely. You can't have one without the other. <laughs> Absolutely. Question number two is what do you think has been the number one marketing moment that's made your business pop? Number one marketing moment. Um, I would say the branding, the rebrand that we did with, uh, with the agency that you can clearly see it um, as you pointed out earlier, and it was indeed a spike. And so that rebrand really kind of put us on the map. Love that. Question number three is where do you hang out to get smarter? What are you reading? What are you tuning into podcast wise? Do you subscribe to any newsletters? Yes, yes, yes. Consumption. Um, In the early days, I've got to say, uh, because we didn't know much, um, our favorite podcast was Loose Threads, which is a phenomenal uh, podcast out of uh, New York, uh, Richie Spiegel. And that was a really helpful one in terms of how to think about how people did business. And he asks the same questions every time. And so it's a it's a really great format that helps. And um, today we, I'm listening more to Brene Brown on how to be a leader and, uh, you know, kindness is uh, clarity. That, that type of thing. And, you know, being holed up and uh, trying to keep myself busy, I like to listen to books while I build puzzles. And so um, I recently listened to the, the WeWork, you know, the billionaire loser. And then also um, I'm now I'm listening to Flash Boys, which is about the whole Wall Street thing. Uh, oh, I haven't heard that one. Oh, yeah. It's it's fascinating uh, story. And then... Um, you know, I read the New York Times and Washington Post every morning. We get the Harvard Business Review and the New York Magazine. Um, so just lots of lots of different things. And, you know, the other thing that we're doing that is new for us is we've embraced capitalism. And uh, we feel as though we can make a bigger difference. But my, my latest uh, kind of passion is getting more economic equity for women and um by population so that we can be out there making a difference. The money isn't going to come to us. We're going to have to go and get it and we're going to have to help each other. And we're going to have to, you know, we're involved in some investment funds that invest in women entrepreneurs or that in companies that support female causes. And, you know, we have to get more wealth and the power in the hands of women so that we can make a difference and be out there because that is the power. And that's been wielded and continues to be wielded against us when you look at the, the statistics and the data. So help your help your friends, uh, bring them along. And, you know, this is how we're going to correct the imbalance of the economics of this world. I love that. I saw um, Alan from Backstage Capital just launched a new, like, I guess you would call it like a crowdfunding investment situation where she invites everyone if you want to be part of it to to join and I thought that was really cool I love what she's doing yeah yeah in space she's done amazing things yeah she's really uh turning it on its end uh, the whole investment community so yeah yeah she's she's amazing very cool question number four is how do you win the day and that's around your am or your pm rituals that keep you feeling happy and successful and productive and motivated 
Oh gosh, if I can make my wife laugh before you know, first thing in the morning and <laughs> oh, at the that. end of the day, that's a pretty good day. Uh, she's got a great laugh. Um, you know, especially around COVID, it's it's if I if I can motivate myself to to do something physical and uh, and make sure that the that the dogs get some physical activity and that we have a nice meal. Uh, we you know, food is is a uh, important a ritual for us around here so making a beautiful meal and uh, just enjoying our time and and figuring out you know what what's next we got a new puppy seven months ago and so she's the light of our lives and so there's no lack of laughter in this household on a daily basis <laughs> <laughs> it's funny I was actually saying to my husband maybe it was yesterday um COVID really makes you appreciate just the small moments, just the nothing moments, way more than I've ever thought about before. And and like I said before the show started, I also have a new puppy and, and she is just such joy. And I'm like, my life is perfect. Every day is perfect. Like, you know, if I just have my little moments with my dog, that's the best I can ask for. <laughs> it's so special. Yeah. That's so true. It's, it's so weird. You know, I would have, if you'd have told me I could be hold up in my house pretty much for a year and be content, I would have laughed you out of the, <laughs> no, I love to travel. I love to go out with friends, you know, all of these things. And not that we haven't found ways to get out, but uh, yeah, it is. It's a very different mentality. I think it, that it's, it's changed us all. Mm, absolutely. Question number five, I'm going to speed through these last two ones. I can see the time okay. creeping up on us. If you only had $1,000 left in your business bank account, where would you spend it? Where's the most important spend of a dollar for you? Uh, I would, let's see, $1,000. That's not much. Um, <laughs> I think I, well, I, I turned immediately to, I'd probably go to crowdfunding. I'd spend it on crowdfunding. <laughs> great. Great answer. Get some more people involved. <laughs> We're going to get some money. <laughs> totally. I think I lived that for four years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Question number six, last question. How do you deal with failure? What's your mindset or approach? Uh, I always like to look at what the lessons, what I learned, and what I can do with that, how I will do things differently because of that lesson. And so um, I think that's that's really important is just finding the lesson and uh, what you take forward from that. Amazing. Bran, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Female Startup Club podcast today. I've loved learning about your brand and what you're doing for the world. It's amazing. Oh, thank you so much. It went so fast. It went really fast. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, well, I hope to see you in person sometime. And uh, and thank you again for what you're doing. This is This is a wonderful thing. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that.